0: You to say, living, you live and let live.
1: Not a not a But if it's ever in it's ever-changing world.
0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to yet another Bald Move Commission podcast. Uh, this week's a fun one. It's a 1997 film by George Armitage, uh, commi- uh, Gross Point Blank, starring Joan Joan. Well, well yeah, yeah, stars Joan Cusack too, and John uh-huh. Cusack, her brother, and Mini Driver, Dan Aykroyd, and
1: apparently cameos by a couple more Cusack siblings. I There's guess? a lot of
0: Cusacks. I I, I only know yeah. the, the main. The, I don't know about the auxiliary backup Cusacks. I, just I don't know either. the large main Cusacks. Um, Dr. DeVito is the one that commissions this podcast The official dentist of Bald Move And he explains the film thusly "Uh, I want to hear your opinions on Gross Point Blank It may be my favorite John Cusack role ever Where he combines his quirky teenage awkwardness With the calm collected 28 year old hitman version of himself As Martin Q. Blank Sergeant Abraham Ford Posing as Bobby Beamer Shows up to Snoat Cork and read poetry And my god the soundtrack this movie comes highly recommended for my 1997 year old self and presumably my 2017 year old self too. When we get there, Jim, what did you think? By the way, Sergeant Abraham Ford—that of course is Michael Cudlitz, who plays uh, mm-hmm. Abraham on The Walking Dead—and I was super surprised to see him walk through that door. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's it's a fresh-faced, ba- baby-faced, yeah, baby-faced, still an asshole. Uh, do you agree with Dr. Brandon DeVito's assessment here that this is uh, a, a great film?
1: Well, I think, I mean, he specifically says this is John Cusack's favorite role of his. Mm-hmm. And so you can't disagree with his opinion there. It's his opinion. Uh, I think John Cusack is good in this, for sure. But this is one of those movies that I'm right on the fence on. Like, I. I could go either way with this review. I could go negative. I could go positive uh, because there are aspects I really dislike and there are aspects that I really like. I'm going to try and just convey both of them. Is this the without... first time you saw this movie? I can't remember. No, it's the second. I, I saw it when I was much younger. Of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I saw this. Uh, I didn't realize how long ago it was, but I guess I saw this as a 21-year-old man. Okay. Um, That's like 40 years ago. It was a long time ago Uh, And I saw it a couple of times um, In the past But it's probably been 10 years since I've seen it And it's interesting because I enjoyed it unironically And pretty much straightforwardly When I was in my 20s And now when I'm watching it in my late 30s I still enjoyed it But a completely different Like I I feel like there's a much darker take on this movie But the things that work about it still work about it And I guess I
1: would say that I enjoyed it more than you Um, I think so I think you did what I think there are fundamental structural problems with this movie. I don't okay. What? I don't understand the motivation of John Cusack for of a Martin Q. Blank for running away on prom night. I never understood that. Like his family like was his mother abusive? Like did he want to get out of out of this town? Like what they never told me enough about him. Like and they also didn't tell me enough about the relationship that these that him and Debbie, Minnie Driver, had. Mm-hmm. So, like, I never felt like there was an actual real connection between them. It, mm-hmm. it was all, like, they just expected me to roll with it. Hmm. And I I never quite bought into those two things. Did you ever have, like, a
0: a great fling in your high school years?
1: Mm, no. See, like, high school years, no.
0: I guess I did, and, and maybe that's where they expect you to fill in the blanks with, like, if you had, like, a really torrid... Uh, a, a, a relationship in as a, as a high schooler, and if that got interrupted for some reason, that that's kind of as a way of is unfinished business. You carry a torch for this person. So if you guess, if you never right. carried a torch that way, then uh, because I agree with you, they do not even attempt to explain exactly what about his home life. I mean, there's a lot of vague details. Like you find out that his mother is in. An, an insane
1: asylum or
0: whatever the politically correct term for that is now
1: right but he's also like super sentimental about his old house being turned into utilamart or ultimart whatever is he su-
0: so is he is he super sentimental or is he just in disbelief that this town has kind of moved on without him
1: because it seemed like he was this big deal in high school are they different Eh, are they I, different? Like I, I, I don't know why a man who has an ostensibly happy life would yeah. abandon his amazingly hot high school girlfriend on prom sure. night and become an assassin. Um, they never established anything like that, so they they are taking they are asking him to take a lot on faith here and just go with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, this guy essentially me. like I, f- I felt like that there was a lot of pressures on him to succeed. Like everyone expected great things of him because he was just like really smart polymath type of guy that had all this potential. And it's almost like an act of rebellion against that. Like I am going to get plugged into this life that I don't really want. I know I'll join the army. Oh, I tested like super high and now I'm like some kind of CIA assassin. Now, <laughs> Right. Like, yeah. it, but I, I don't know. Like I, I guess that I, I didn't need to understand all those things to enjoy the story of a guy who essentially his old life is a big, what if And wanting to go and try to make that connection for good or ill. Yeah. Now, the ending of the movie, I guess, is the one I have the biggest problem with. That's another part, yeah. But I guess, again, like, I don't require it to be a happy ending. It could be like, you know, oh, well, she's got uh, some sort of Stockholm Syndrome
1: with him now. Right. But they don't portray it that way, right? It's not like... I mean, they're essentially riding laughing into the sunset together.
0: I I don't think you have to... I mean, like... This movie would be completely different is after writing, uh, you know, imagine like if they carried 30 seconds longer and they're you know enjoying themselves and all of a sudden his face just goes dead. Complete emotion and dead blank. Yeah. Mask. Like she snort laughs and he goes, oh God, I remember why I didn't. Or no, just like he's like, this is all like uh, something he's acting like what he thought he should act like as a real human being. Okay. And now he's like, I'm not going to try. I don't know. There's like that. That could be chilling like that sure. could be the ending of a real like a like a chilling psychological thriller. And there is a lot of tonal dissonance because this is kind of sure. slapstick romantic comedy but there's also horrific acts of violence yep. and uh you know the main character is very morally conflicted like mm-hmm. he is he describes himself as amoral. Yeah. I mean he's got a couple of codes about the, how he does and you, know, you get the idea that he only kills people that are bad that would have been killed anyway, but right. You know his final contract. I is he
1: a bad guy? I don't know. I mean, he clearly shows no remorse for killing these people. Which, whatever. That's what an assassin does. They kill people. Sure. Uh, but he also doesn't seem to be devoid of emotion, which I thought was a nice nuance for that character. Uh, and, and John Cusack pulls that off perfectly and that's that's what he's, he's put on just Earth to play. dead-eyed enough to yeah. to get away with that and
0: he's got even his emotions are fairly unconventional sure you yeah know it's like it's like it's it's um you know the experiences he has I I know it, it's, it's 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 because...
1: it's not a bad movie it's just they there were a couple of un, unanswered questions I have and like I, I feel like this movie could have done well with like a five minute prologue or Huh. What what is what is the the pre movie thing called? Yeah, like like not a flashback, but go start with their high school years. Show us a little bit about his family life, a little bit about their relationship, and then jump ahead ten years. Uh, like I know. show the, him leaving on on
0: prom night. The movie gains a little bit from that being a mystery that you kind of uncover, and I like the way not that they. Me, no. so. I, I like the way that they unveiled that, like with her being because there's a lot of stuff that like. I've always fantasized about having a radio show in my town like this. It's just <laughs> okay. like people, the DJs play whatever the fuck they want. You mean want. a show that no one listens to? <laughs> <laughs> I would listen to the shit out of this. They talk about okay. their personal life. They, uh, I mean, I guess I kind. That's what I do. Bring with bald move. Like I just you know you do. whatever. Like you just I have a
1: set topic though. Yeah,
0: I have a set topic that that uh, brings that traps people when listening to it, and then I can just spout off my madness, but. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah. I, I I like that. I think Minnie Driver is awesome. I like her and John Cusack's chemistry. Um, and so, I was like, if you if you spelled it all out, like this classic uh, Hollywood way of, like, having a prologue where you see these couple and they're in love and then he takes takeoff from Mysterious and he goes through Basic and there's this training montage through the credit sequence. And I don't know. that That would take a little bit of the quirk from this film. And this film almost entirely works because of its quirkiness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, if you don't, if you don't buy the the charm the charm of this s- hitman played by John Cusack, then the movie just isn't going to work for you at uh, all. Of course, yeah. Um, I don't know. What else so I guess we should go start our traditional deep dive on this movie.
1: Okay. What um, how do you want
0: to do that? The I really got a kick out of Joan Cusack playing. Her, you know, John's, uh, or I guess Martin's, long-suffering assistant. Right. And knowing that they're real-life brother and sister gives it a little extra kick for me. Because I think the yeah. first time I yeah. saw this movie, I had I had no idea about Hollywood and, like, who sure. was related to who. And it still worked, but it's so much better when you know that they're real-life siblings. Oh, I agree. Like, the exas- exasperated size and mm-hmm. just... Uh, I, I particularly like... the the glee with which she rolled up the business at the end of the movie.
1: (laughs) Burning it all to the ground? Yeah, Yeah. she's
0: just burning it all to the ground. She's taking sledgehammers to computers, which I don't think is a great method to wipe a hard drive, but, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 2,000-degree fire probably is. She almost burnt
1: her severance package. That would have been a shame.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And I just like the fact that she is not only his employee, but she's also kind of his mental health expert because she's you know she's right. like hey, i see there's something wrong with you boss you ought to go back to your here's your family reunion and and uh you know like uh, by spooky coincidence there's a hit that he has to do in gross point the town he grew up in mm-hmm. uh at the same and i, I think that's I, a nice it by efficient little engines was it engine. actually
1: coincidence or was it that she arranged something here? how would it not be by
0: coincidence because she doesn't get to pick which contracts he has to fulfill she doesn't well, I mean to to a certain extent, but like at you know in all the gin joints in all the world, it's not like she can be like, "Uh, oh yeah, your high school fling is is scheduled to be terminated in the same." I mean, that is like she doesn't have that kind of power, or does she? I mean, I, that is, would be is a it dark reveal she's all made out up? the hit right on his girl and that would make her kind of s- uh, more crazy than she even appears in the movie.
1: Yeah, I don't know that it's actually in the movie, but it it had me wondering because she is so involved in trying to get him to to buck up or what whatever just trying to get him a little healthier but how would she
0: know cuz i don't i don't get the idea that he's confided in her or anything about uh, what's uh, well then how would she Nitty know driver's to driver's character debbie debbie right yeah yeah i don't th- think that she would know about I think debbie she does really? i mean
1: i think she has to because you know she takes the she when she's explaining the hit to him she's like you can kill the two birds with one stone sort of thing right mm-hmm. Uh, Like, I don't think he explains that to her during the movie. Hmm. She's just like, you're high school flings here. I
0: thought it was just a high school reunion. Like, you need to go back and connect. It is, but why is she so insistent on this? Because that's
1: something, like, people pressure
0: you into doing that. Like, I can't, uh, I just had my 20th anniversary uh, high school reunion. And I remember the 10th, there's like a, a, it's just kind of a crazy amount of social pressure for you to go to those (laughs) events. Okay. And I think that's the other thing that I like about this movie is that it kind of nails the motivations and what's going on at a high school reunion fairly well. Like, this Mm. is a high school reunion at a well-to-do, like, you know, it seems like Gross Point is a... uh, At least the the place that that he went to school at is a wealthy... Yeah. uh, uh, Because, like, you know, everyone's in tuxes and formal wear, and they've rented out this big facility, and it's not just show up at the picnic shelter at the mooresville town park and yeah and your they, own booze and, and whatnot they
1: show the houses in the neighborhood yes they're, they're enormous
0: they're they're upper middle class uh however for sure was that just mini driver's house because they no, they find out later their her, her husband her not her husband her father is this big big wig you know whistle i mean he's right. works for his big comp, comp- comporation his big corporation company and he's like I, I didn't follow all the plot on why he was marked for death. It's something about he's uh, whistleblowing or taking an unpopular unpo- yeah. stand on something. But uh, uh, and that's where I guess, you know, the problem with his conflicted morals comes into because it doesn't seem like this guy was a bad guy in any stretch of the
1: imagination. Uh, yeah, I mean, we get we do get a hint that he's doing something that someone didn't like. Right. And it's not even that you need to be a bad guy to to have a hit out on you. It's just that you're upsetting someone. That's the thing. Yeah, like, and, and so his
0: moral calculus is, you've done something to piss somebody off. Yeah. Therefore, someone's going to kill you. Yep. Therefore, it might as well be me. Right. And I, I it's, I guess as a 20-year-old man, I thought that was interesting and funny, but as a 40, you know, approaching 40-year-old man, that's
1: vaguely horrifying. sure i mean it's idealism versus realism i guess Mm. like you can take the idealistic stance and say well if everybody's like me then no one will get killed sure uh but that's not realistic yeah so where do you fall you gotta you gotta fall somewhere in the middle on those yeah or you're just a fucking lunatic one way or another (laughs) yeah do you so do do you think there are real life freelance hitmen Uh, yes I don't know if there's, like, this big net, this big organization of them where they're, like, nobody's starting unions with Hitmen. Yeah. That sort of thing, lobbying for benefits and all that. But, yeah, I think there are certainly contract killers within Uh, the underground.
0: And I'm not talking – because every time I've I've seen, like, a real-life instance of someone paying someone to be killed, I've always been shocked by, like, the low value. Like, $10,000, $15,000, yeah, I'll murder your wife. I'm talking, like – this kind of where they're using like i enjoyed some of the high tech methods they use too. like the really fancy guns the the optics, the, 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 the po- yeah the, the like fiber optic poison delivery system he was trying to use yeah do you think that is a real thing and I I, don't i'm not talking know.
1: that's some james bond shit
0: yeah and i'm like i'm not even talking see it cuz i know that governments do get up to that kind of shit like right you know, there's the, the ricin fa- thing the- there's the famous incidents yeah. of the umbrella injection ricin system and i've read enough tom clancy that i think that that's within the realms of possibility but and like the mafia hitmen seem like they're just guys who find it easy to kill people and, right. and don't get too torn up about it so it's it's not a big fancy thing it's
1: like they just go with the gun and they shoot you I'm talking about, like, this kind of... I don't think these people exist on this level. Like, when the government wants to hire somebody to kill uh, the president of another country, they don't go to these guys. They go to their own insiders. They take somebody from the CIA. Because I feel like a CIA operative... um,
0: Like, you know, I I get this, like, sometimes ex-military and special forces become, like, mercenaries... Mm-hmm. But they're usually not, like, mercenaries that are going to work for some dictator. They're going to work for some American or European, broadly democratic. I mean, maybe uh, you and I and even they don't agree with exactly what's going on, but it's it's not,
1: you know, working for what you would call evil people. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, because so that's... much of my opinion of all this is colored by media, like yeah. like pop culture. But, that I don't even know that I can speculate.
0: But if you're like, you know, a CIA operative or a Special Forces dude, I feel like baseline, you'd be pretty patriotic. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe or you'd within, be disgruntled. Maybe I mean, there's like 10% of the Special Forces community that are just there for the, the kicks and the adventure. To kill people, probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I not to put too fine a line on it, sure. I, I bet there are. And maybe those are the ones that become international hitmen. Right, because uh, I'm thinking, even like you know, like a cartel hitman, yeah. is it's still just like a slightly bigger, you know, more well-funded version of the mafia hitman, right? It seems like there's always a level above the hitman, right? Like we've got fake passports and you know Swiss bank accounts and ways to get in the weapons. movies, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that's where it's like I don't know that that exists. But what
1: I mean is like the hitman is a job within an organizational structure, mm-hmm. like. You have a cartel, or you have the mafia, or you have a government agency, Mm -hmm. or something like that. The hitman is part of that. The hitman isn't, like, a freelancer out doing his own thing. Oh, I got a phone call. I got to go kill the president of Guatemala today. No, no. You've been in the CIA for 35 years, and they trust you. Like, they know you won't say anything. Or or you work for Pablo Escobar, and, like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess that's probably right. Although you all, you also wonder, I guess I'm looking at this through Western goggles. What if right. I'm an right. Eastern Bloc, you know, agent, and now my country yeah. doesn't exist anymore?
1: Then you do your killing with a GoPro strapped to your head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Posted on YouTube. <laughs>
1: with a flamethrower. Uh, FPS Russia.
0: Yeah. I, I guess that's where maybe you would see that. Like, some of these old Russian mm. or Soviet-style Bloc countries that have collapsed and... Maybe, you know, they, they, they're they like a man without a country. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something or like a South, you know, these, maybe. these South American pogroms that would go through and they'd have all these political right. killings. And it's like, well, now I don't ha- can't do that anymore. So maybe I contract out the different. I don't know. I, don't, I imagine it's, like it's just it's, hard
1: to find business. Like, is it how do you get Darknet? your name out there without? Well, I don't know. I mean, back I in, it's
0: like when it's it's weird because back in the old days, it's all word of mouth and you know written communication. Nowadays, you could go like you know the dark nets on the internet and 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 find people like that. Now, how get do you paid in Bitcoin? How do you get like their people's resumes and how do you know that they can actually do the thing? And, and well, that's the I guess a big question. They got a handle,
1: I guess. They they you go by a name. They right. develop a reputation. I don't but know.
0: you know, it's like it's like one of those things where it's in the media enough that it's got to have some basis in truth, right? Maybe. Although, you know, you get Superman and Batman and like, right. okay, maybe not. <laughs> uh, it, it, madness lays that way of thinking. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Um, uh, speaking
1: of John Cusack, yeah. like I said earlier, he's oddly sentimental for uh-huh. a hitman. Uh, clearly, so, so he's clearly not as rich. Like I'm trying to piece together like why he would he would do the things he's doing. Clearly, he's not as rich as the rest of this town is, right? Like, you look at his what used to be his house and is now the Ultimart, much smaller. It looks like this small little, like, maybe two-bedroom home mm-hmm. uh, in the midst of all of these gigantic McMansions, and in some cases, actual fucking mansions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get the impression that he was maybe not as well off as the rest of this town. Mm. And then maybe he felt like an odd man out because of that, perhaps? I don't know. I mean,
0: again, his mom's crazy. I, 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 I don't know. Um, because that's the thing, like,
1: I think that house was clearly an, an old auto body shop that they well, that's the thing, like, that wasn't well. a residential house, no. that's just
0: a you gas station. You lived in a gas station, dude. <laughs> you, you lived, were just, you were in denial the whole time,
1: right? You think those, slu- you think your mom made those slushies every morning? No. no, they came out of a machine. That's why
0: your bedroom's not there anymore. It was always the manager's office, you were just squatting there. <laughs> um, I. The thing is, is like, yeah, the character himself might be unrealistic and kind of drop out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I thought interesting about the film is that all the characters' reactions to him felt genuine. Like, if you have a character like the the Debbies, uh, you know, mini drivers Debbie, and she's like uh, kind of one of those proto manic pixie dream girls, right? That don't really exist. And uh-huh. you know, John Cusack is kind of a manic pixie dream boy. Uh, you don't. Easy. I want to talk
1: about John Cusack here. In a okay, minute, but
0: keep uh, that. You know, like, I I especially like the Jeremy Pivens character. Okay. And I'm thinking, (laughs) like... That's the first time anyone said that about Jeremy Pivens character. (laughs) Uh, That, like, I was was thinking, like, you know, what would happen if you... We're doing this bald move thing, and everything's working out great, and there's no particular reason for you. You know, we're not... We haven't had a big fight, and the money's going okay, and I just show up, and you're gone. Mm Mm-hmm. You're just fucking gone. For 10 years. Your self, I call your cell phone, and it's, like, disconnected. And then 10 years later, you just show up and yeah. be like, hey, I'm in town for, you know, whatever Star Wars convention. I feel like my reaction would be a lot like the Pivens character, where it's like, okay, what I'd go hell? around this because, you years. know, that's I, I, I've i got enough social anxiety. I wouldn't just be like, what the fuck, right away. Uh-huh. But as soon as, like, it's like as soon as we fell in the open, I would. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what the f-? I, I, I like that. I like the fact that she brought him into a radio show and started doing an interview and had her callers. Because I feel like that she was completely dismissive of him at first. Like, sure. Yeah, we had this chemistry and all that stuff, but you know, you left and that's fucked up and there's no way, no way I'm ever going to let you back into my inner circle of trust. Yeah,
1: but then like, the very next scene, he shows up at her house and she's like, stretched out, splayed out on the bed and like, I don't know. I, but she's still fucking with him, even in that scene. Kind of, because she's getting him revved up, scene? and
0: then she kicks him out.
1: Right, right. But I, why do you do that if you're not at all interested?
0: Well, that's I don't the problem. know because. First of all, Minnie Driver is just fucking awesome in this film. I forgot sure, how yeah. much of a crush I had on her. Okay, uh, just like her personality, her looks, everything is. She just can like... do
1: something about the hair, but other than that, really, yeah. I'm not like a fan. The,
0: I like to, I like the crazy. I, I like the crazy hair too. Lots of curls. Uh, it's like uh, you know the Seinfeld era. Ju- Elaine, yeah, Ju- yes, exactly. Sure. Um, and I felt like everything about this character was fairly natural, up until the point where she says to. You know, Martin, quite rationally, you don't get to have me mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like, you can't just, no matter how charming you are, whatever, you don't just get to, to have me. And then the thing with her father happens, and i that's where it's like I start to feel like that's Stockholm does. Syndrome. Like, this guy comes okay. in, this incredibly violent, stressful situation, saves your life, saves your father, mm-hmm. and it completely reboots your brain and your better judgment, and now you're stuck with this changeling you know, psychopath character for the rest of your life, or until he kills you.
1: Yeah, uh, I know that's like not what the movie
0: is suggesting, but that's right. what I'm. That's what I'm taking away from it.
1: Okay, well, you have to like bring your own uh, criticism there, because like the movie definitely doesn't care to, to tell you that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's more about like, wasn't this beautiful all along? And boom, here we are in this happy relationship now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you only hadn't left, it could have been like this before. But you did, and now it's going to be like this from here on out. It's it's too saccharine of an ending for a movie like this, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, but... It, because it's so artificial. It's so artificial at the end. But do you think that that is intentional? That, like,
0: that's in... Because John Cusack had a hand in writing a screenplay. Right. Uh, do you think that that was part of the process? Like, uh, you know, this these characters are on these trajectories... And then this event happens, and it's kind of like it's, it's intended to be, uh, you know, still funny in comedy, but like a dark comedy kind of way. Like, me, like this is the biggest mistake Debbie's making by getting in the car. I don't think car. So. No? No.
1: You don't think that he intended Th- that? There's no, there's no indication there. I mean if there were some kind of indication that What do you mean this some wasn't kind of indication? Going, I, they literally lit fucking literally on the screen drive off into the sunset. Yeah, but what not I was, a proverbial sunset, a literal goddamn sunset. There is no irony here. What do you need What do you need for what would be the symbol of the irony, I guess? I don't know, but it's not there. I don't know. I think you're wanting to give this movie a little more credit. It's it's a movie from 1997. I mean, it's not it's not as sophisticated as a lot of the stuff we see now. Uh, irony wasn't quite as big of a thing back then. Yeah, I, it's of its era for sure. Hmm. I don't know. It's a little darker. It has a, a slightly darker twist than most of the movies of that era. But yeah. I think. This movie is not self-aware enough to be to be doing that at the ending.
0: Yeah, because I mean, yeah, most rom coms don't ha- end with gunfire and whatnot, but most rom coms do end with one of the characters inexplicably, uh, you know, they're essentially by the. Uh, the the dramatic gesture and the pledge to do something different and that that, that now things right. this is the one one big conflict we had and now it's gonna be smooth sailing.
1: Right. And that's exactly what they do at the end of this. I guess this I want to just wanna believe that John like,
0: Cusack's smart enough that would support right. that trope, but he can't really like, you know, again, it would be so cheesy to have him, like, the music get creepy and him just to go dead face. <laughs> right, absolutely. mackerel killer at the end. And I
1: think they subvert your expectations of a 1997 rom-com in a lot of other ways, in a lot of other good ways, right? Yeah. I mean, this movie is much darker than, than something you'd see yeah. in that era. Uh, the, I mean, just the idea of killing someone at a high school reunion and dumping their body in the boiler, like, shh, <sighs> there there's a lot of good uh, with good a shell dark. shock Jeremy Pivens helping you out <laughs> right. a lot of good stuff in
0: here it's just I don't think that ending is good I tell you this much you come back after 10 years I ne- I'm not gonna help you bury a body <laughs> the, on at the Star Wars con no right. fucking way no fucking I've, way I've
1: killed this C-3PO don't take his mask off I That's don't want right. to know who it is it's I did. Just maybe it's Anthony
0: him. Daniels maybe it's some <laughs> fanboy I don't care he was on stage at the time damn it Aaron! don't take his mask off yeah that would be that that would not happen uh um the other thing i this is apropos of nothing but okay. i'm amazed at how flawless mini driver's accent is here she's an Eng- ink oh, you she, know it's english yeah like huh and i've heard her natural speaking voice and it's very british and it's always i think it's it's like a magic trick that actors can because i don't can't do accents for yeah, shit yeah uh like you know i mean even the ones that i'm quote unquote good at like rick grimes i just i just intentionally hill jack my yeah. southern indiana hill jack accent and make it sound like i'm stupider than i am and boom that's the that's the accent but these feel like because sure. there's a lot of subtleties to the different you know the american versus british accent right and how you can do that and nail all the i i think it's amazing i thought she did a really good job on it
1: yeah i haven't seen a lot of mini driver movies um she she was in Goodwill. Yes, she was in Goodwill Hunting. She was uh, Matt Damon's girlfriend in that. I think uh, she was, wasn't. She, she was return in Return to Me. That was, was the she... one
0: David Duchovny movie.
1: Oh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen much of the, of her stuff. Was she American or did she have an American accent in Goodwill Hunting? I think she
0: did. I wonder if I she, she did that like that voice was one coaching of, at I, some I, point. I, I thought that was one of the, yeah. She was in Return to Me. Uh, I thought that was one of the character points that she did have an English accent, but honestly, it's been years since I've seen, I couldn't swear.
1: Well, I think, um, some of the chemistry between Minnie driver and John Cusack is because they were a thing for a while. Were they? uh, Before this movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Apparently, is what I was reading. I yeah. don't know. I didn't like do a bunch of research on their relationships, but they
0: did have a. I thought they did have a pretty easy natural chemistry. Yeah, even do. accounting for the fact that their characters haven't seen each other for ten years, I thought that yeah. the
1: physical chemistry is pretty undeniable. Right. Uh, speaking of Jeremy Piven, mm-hmm. he's just, he's just Jeremy Piven in this movie. I mean, has Jeremy Piven ever played any character other than Jeremy Piven? If he has, I haven't seen it. I haven't either. I mean, Entourage, you know, all, all the so that, fucking he, frat does, movies The a do- dopey
0: ABC show called Cupid. Okay. Really? Uh, yeah, back in the, the 90s where he was Jeremy. I've never seen him. There's a couple of ca- actors that just kind of get away with being, and I guess John Cusack could be, like, we talked about that with the man who yeah, shot with yeah. like John Wayne is just John Wayne, and if right. you've got a John Wayne, why would you waste his talents You know, if he's going to play Genghis Khan, well, he's going to be John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Like, why would you have him try to be anything else? And then you've got the other extreme example where, God, I was watching Jurassic World the other day and realized uh, that um, David – or, shit, Vincent D'Anfrio was in it. And I'm like, holy fuck. I just saw him in Kingpin and he could not be more different than you've got guys like Gary Oldman. Mm Mm-hmm. Who can be Sid Vicious, or Dracula, or Commissioner Gordon. Or a
1: spy. or or Whatever
0: the hell you need, and they just kind of disappear in the role, and they're two different things. I guess one's a movie star, and one's a character actor. That's how you tell the difference. Right. Yeah. John Cusack is a movie star, and he's going to be John Cusack in all of his roles. If you need a guy like John Cusack, you cast him.
1: You're writing
0: him. You write, like, I I hope I get John Cusack, because... Because
1: if not, I got to go with Matthew Broderick,
0: and he's the, oh. So that's the other thing we had an organic discussion about. Yeah, one of my favorite things that Bill Simmons does is he kind of takes a sports of view of a lot of pop culture things. Okay, um, and he does like you know um, uh, that that's something that you know like there's a lot of that in um, there's a, there's a lot of that in sports. Like you know, were it not for Peyton Manning uh and the Indianapolis Colts Tom Brady might have like eight Super Bowl rings and undisputed greatest quarterback of all time yet the flip side of that were it not for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick Peyton Manning might have four or five Super Bowl rings and be the undisputed you know co- greatest quarterback of all time like they kind of hold each other back and there's some mm-hmm. things like you know another Painful example. It seems like the Indiana sports town is always going to be the second fiddle of somebody else because Reggie Miller era Pacers oh, had some God. great teams, but, but they're Patrick going Ewing against and- fucking Michael Jordan. Oh well, yeah, and Scottie Pippen on the Bulls. Like we gave them every bit that they could handle on a
1: couple of those finals, but you but can't. I mean, yeah, even. Even with uh, what's the New York team, the Knicks? Yeah, the Knicks. Same thing. They gave us the business too. Well, we gave
0: the yeah. I think we traded, but better than
1: we did with the Bulls for sure. But like, yeah,
0: you're you're always like this. You can't break through to the next level because you got someone greater than you standing on top. And we talked about how
1: or equally as great maybe.
0: Matthew Broderick is kind of a slightly <laughs> poor man's version of John Cusack. Or I actually came, I okay. I actually said the other way. John Cusack has
1: had the lesser career, but then you just destroyed me in IMDb. It, his yeah, he has a surprising amount of of really good movies. Whereas Matthew Broderick, like I'll run through some of them. Okay, so John Cusack was in obviously Stand by Me. He's yep. he's pretty great uh, teen teen movie. Better off dead. He's really known for that. Say anything. Uh he that, he say was in,
0: anything there's that's the boombox one right that's, that's the, the, the box, al, yeah, yeah that's the one.
1: Uh and then 8 men out he, that baseball movie he was in uh he he took a took a little break then he did Gross Point Blank and and then he strung together some pretty good ones. So Gross Point Blank very next one was Con Air. Uh, M- I forgot he was in that role. but yes very that just much so. was on TV last night. Oh was it? Yeah. Uh he was also in I'm skipping a bunch here because I don't personally know them, but he's in The thin Red Line. He's in Pushing 10. He's in Being John Malkovich. Yeah. High Fidelity. That's the thing. Like That stretch right there is pretty yeah. incredible. Uh, I actually like Runaway Jury quite a bit with him and Gene one. Hackman. Oh, uh, I know that one, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's... He, he's done a lot. He did War, Inc. Uh, War? Recently, he did 2012, which was not great. Uh, Hot Tub Time Machine, he... Okay, so compare that to Broderick. Uh, and then... He, <laughs> Go over to Broderick, who because I was thinking uh, like war ele- games. Because I was is one thinking like, 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 like when they're
0: like like uh, when he
1: was doing um, when this
0: guy's doing Gross Point Blank and like the Thin Red Line. Like I remember Bra- Broderick did Election, and that was like a really great movie. And right, I guess that stuck in my mind as. But- and then he did, like, uh... Then he did he, Godzilla, and well, then it fucked up. But he also had this successful, like, um, you know, stage career where he got into the, uh, Mel Brooks, huh. uh, the producers,
1: and he was well-regarded okay. in that. But well, what's... Well, compare his... So, obviously, he's in War Games, which was kind of his breakout, and, yep. like classic for me, classic of all time. Of course. Uh,
0: Ferris Bueller's Day Off, another classic. Another cl- and I'm like, I mean, already him and Cusack are kind of like head-to-head, head, but I'm giving,
1: I'm, I'm, I, I'm giving Broderick the me nod. Me too. Okay. Definitely, with those two. Uh, they're more in my wheelhouse than Say Anything or, or those. Um, and then there's like a long stretch of stuff that I've just never seen and never heard of. Then he did Adult Simba's voice in Lion King. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he was that's in, right. He did. He was in another classic role for me, which is the cable guy. Oh, uh, yeah, see? Opposite Jim Carrey, What yeah. year was that? Like, that's a 97, wasn't 96. it? 96, yeah. It's it's pretty close so to they're that. They're still, they're going mono a mano. But then Godzilla's a real stinker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then he came back a little bit with election. Fuck the iguana on that election. Was but great then movie. the real clunker, the real bomb in Matthew Broderick's career, got, Inspector Gadget. Uh, Do you, you remember that movie? It, yeah,
0: and isn't he also, like, in the Rocky and the Bull, Bullwinkle?
1: Wasn't he involved uh, in that disaster, too? Maybe. I don't know, but but he did Inspector Gadget, and he hasn't hasn't really done That's, a lot since. Uh, did did that kill him? Like, could I, he, it might have? Could could he still have? Uh, you know, gone toe to toe with Cusack if it weren't for that. Maybe he just has he has less. Imp, uh, so he has more movies that are that are real important for me, mm. but he has no, less think... quantity. Like his, his quality occasionally hits better and uh-huh. bigger. But occasionally it, he does real fucking stinkers.
0: But I always felt like that they both are very. Although I don't think Matthew Broderick can do this movie. I don't yeah, buy him. I like wouldn't. whereas John, Cus- and that's the thing, John Cusack's got some moves. What do you mean moves? Like like when he's doing the hand to hand combat, he looked very oh, yeah. proficient, and it didn't look like it was wire foo or anything. Like he just really. Did some training and worked out and was doing some pretty high kicks and flips and shit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I and that that's the other thing about this movie is the action sequences are surprisingly well done. They are, and they come and out of nowhere, over the top on purpose, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved. Yeah,
1: like that shootout in the Ultimart. It- ...is pretty amazing. But
0: in particular, the fight that he had with the guy who... Lo- his face looks like a walnut <laughs> wearing a wig.
1: <laughs> the assassin in the school, yeah. The assassin.
0: That was a really competently, like, Jason Bourne-type ultra-violent fist fight... Yeah. ...that I really, really enjoyed. And that little guy, that little walnut-faced man can move. Yeah. Holy shit. No, they, they I, That's the thing. Like Now that... When I first saw him, I'm like, what the fuck? This guy looks like a butthole wearing a wig... <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, he's a stunt man. Yeah, he's like yeah. a really—he's really, probably like a
1: black belt or
0: something. He, and he probably couldn't string together three lines, but he—he's a right. stunt man. And and that once you see him move, I'm like, okay, that's why
1: he was cast. And then you know the fight at the end is really good too. Uh, I, I I like the shootout that they have. I like some—we haven't talked about Dan Aykroyd yet, but smashing a television on set on his head sure. was amazing. Popcorn—it's a great way to kill somebody. I, okay, let me ask you this: if you had to go out. One of these two ways. P- pin to the neck like Walnut Face uh-huh. or television over the head like Dan Aykroyd.
0: Well, you know, with my career, my second Life as Bald Move co-host, I feel like <laughs> smashing my head with a TV would be the, the dramatically appropriate yeah. death for me. I think so.
1: That'd be pretty good.
0: So, by, by, okay. by a pretty damn sight, yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, so what do you think about Dan? Because I thought... A lot of the comedy in this movie is Dan Aykroyd and John Cusack's chemistry in the relationship because every single time they got together, there was this like camaraderie, but also like they're two scorpions trying to negotiate, shaking claws, and you know they are
1: yeah, and there's a little bit of odd couple in there. Sure. Like just straight man. Because and Dan's so weird. weird. He's such a ridiculous And that's the thing, person. like he
0: used to play more of an everyman doofus, but now he's he's just a weirdo. And that you can see a lot of that in this this movie. He's playing yeah. a guy I I I guess John Cusack is also playing a weirdo. Sure. But he's cool he in is, a way yeah. that Dan Aykroyd is not.
1: He has some composure whereas Dan Aykroyd loses his shit every and, like, Five he's, minutes. like,
0: just, like, almost bipolar in that he goes from, like, yeah. you know, his flattering offer to, you know, bing, it's going to be bing, 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 popcorn, <laughs> uh, which I'm like, what the fuck is this popcorn thing? I did some digging, and I found an AMA that John Cusack had done, and someone said, I gotta ask, hmm. what the fuck is up with the popcorn and I guess that's something that uh, Dan Aykroyd just improvised on the set, and they kind of ran with.
1: What does it mean? What I think it's supposed mean? to be
0: like you know, it's like a bag of popcorn popping in the microwave. It's like if you turn me down, it's 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 going to be bullets going off.
1: <laughs> okay, they're yeah, gonna like come pop shooting. pop pop. Yeah, although why wow. he says
0: bing 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 bing, yeah. and not pop 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 popcorn. Although then it sounds like he's just stuttering. But uh, right. he's a right. weirdo. I don't like Dan Aykroyd, so I'm biased. I don't I, like I don't, vodka. Think,
1: I don't think he's super funny. I think he's a lunatic in real life. True. Uh, this is true. Just not much I like about the man. It's kind of like uh, Billy Crystal. I find Billy Crystal funny in a couple of roles, but very few and far between. Yeah, you know, he's it, just not my style. We talked about that in Princess Bride. That's something that I I agree
0: with you on. Whereas Dan Aykroyd, like I guess I I'm a little bit older than you, and I grew up in the heyday where he was
1: SNL, right?
0: Cranking. Well, I don't remember that far, but I remember oh, no. his like, ensuing career where he was in you know uh, Spies Like Us is one that I remember being really funny, and hmm. Ghostbusters was like right. Jesus Christ, that was really funny. Uh, I'm more of a Bill Murray guy. Myself. Well sure. I mean no one's <laughs> gonna fault you for that, but okay. saying that Dan Aykroyd is not at all funny would I think is a controversial statement. It, it, but yeah, so is saying it, Billy Crystal's not funny. Right,
1: right. And I don't think he's not funny. I just think his brand of humor is not my brand of humor. I think he's really funny in this. Okay. Uh yeah. Uh I, I think they they work alright as a duo, uh, him and John Cusack. I think the having the straight man there. To really make him look kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, d- does, does Dan Aykroyd some favors. Yeah. Uh, in the funny department. But I, I don't know. I, I didn't mind him too much. And I mean, it's surprising, like, how many people are in this that could be super annoying to me that... I just didn't but you find didn't like that his, annoying, like, I guess. You, you didn't like his, uh, I'm going to pull a bullet in your skull and
0: fuck the brain hole. And then the fact they kept coming back to that in the popcorn. Yeah. Like no, in the final I... gun side, he's doing the, I'll be coming around the mountain. Yeah. And I'll be blowing your brains out when I come with his, you know, implying with his dick. I thought that sure, was super no, funny. It's, it's all right. Okay. One part of the movie that I don't get is. He meets all these weirdos at the actual reunion, which I thought was great. There's, like, a young Jenna Elfman in there. Oh, right. And then he meets this one, like, really happy, grounded mom. Like, the ones that are super annoying, where it's like, they've just got their shit together, and they're super happy, and they're, you know, they there's got nothing to complain, and love their husband, and he holds the baby, and something changes in him. Hmm. But I don't get it. I do not buy for a second that his character has ever thought and thought of giving birth or making a child or that holding one would make him go gaga. Yeah. no, I, with that it. played a little false and I didn't like that seemed like the, the movie needed that to push his character in that direction, but it, it did feel false to his character.
1: Okay. Um, uh, I, I'm, I can agree with that largely. I think there are some, some clunky things, but then a drunken
0: movie. Michael Cudless interrupted the scene and it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh but yeah I mean uh this movie is definitely of an era like there's some oh, yeah. movies that are time this is not a timeless movie all no. the cars all the fashion all the music is very much set in this particular this particular time place of mid 90s yeah uh and that's good and bad like they had um you know, I forgot that Guns N' Roses did a cover of Live and Let Die. It's kind of
1: fucking awesome. Right. No. It's it's good. It had 99. Really luffed
0: Balloons. Uh, yeah, they had was it Blister in the Sun in there too.
1: Uh Blister in the Sun was in there. I I think maybe a Clash song was in there or Big Audio Dynamite. I I'm not sure which one it was, but mm-hmm. I recognized the the voice there.
0: Yeah, you could go. You could not go well wrong by throwing the soundtrack in any kind yes. of summertime pool party. If you
1: were live in the 90s, this is a pretty strong soundtrack. Yes, indeed. Uh, indeed. The, the other thing that I noticed that was kind of pop culture related is this kid. Well, I really love this scene where they're in the Ultimart and the assassin walnut face man mm-hmm. uh, follows John Cusack in there and tries to blow him away. And there's this insane gunfight going on in the store. And this kid's just playing Doom, Doom, Doom right. 2 on the arcade. And he's like completely oblivious with his headphones on. Which you would be if you're playing Doom, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, if you have it cranked loud enough, sure. Sure. Although, yeah, I think you
0: can actually feel the gunfire when it's that, that right. close to you and close face. But And you're spinning around looking, who's firing at me? I remember like, Holy shit, Doom two was a stand up arcade cabinet? That's kind of fucking awesome. I don't remember that. And I looked up and that was a prop made exclusively for the movie. Oh
1: wow. So, okay. bummer.
0: My dreams of owning a stand-up Doom 2 arcade machine
1: died. So, what were they actually Dead. playing? Because he is shown playing something. No, he's definitely something. playing Doom. Doom
0: 1, okay. No, no, that's Doom 2. It had the double-barrel shotgun. So, they just stuff, like, a computer in there? I and... think so. I mean, it's not okay. hard to do. No, it's super easy. <laughs> it yeah. just, it was never manufactured, so they right. just ginned it up for the movie.
1: Well, you could make one. Stuff I guess a computer I in a cab.
0: Yeah, I guess so. But you didn't have to play Doom with a joystick. Nobody plays Doom with a joystick. Right. Once you've played mouse and keyboard, you never go back. Yep. Um, Did you... What about the moment where... uh, I forget. How did this exactly go down? Was it something John Cusack said that... um, It's talking about being in love with uh, this man's daughter, Mini Driver, or I found a new respect for life. And then they instantly cut to Dan Aykroyd, who's following them in Chase Vehicle, and he he says that exact same thing. Like, this punk is either in love with his daughter or found a new respect yeah. for life. Did you think that was funny or stupid? That was stupid? pretty funny. I, I like that Okay. I'm kind of surprised based on your reaction to the rest of the stuff, but I thought that was the cherry on <laughs> on the Sunday for me.
1: I'm I'm a bit of an absurdist when it comes to comedy. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty absurd.
0: And, would and I do be believe thinking. this guy's so weird that and he's been a, a contract killer for long enough that he's studied people's psychological motivations <laughs> that he can yeah. call that. Uh-huh. Because that's the thing, just like so many other absurd things, like when she's doing the call-in show and encouraging people to call in and say what she should do with this ex-boyfriend, that the other assassins who aren't really assassins, they're... Hank
1: Azaria, who we didn't talk about, is also in this.
0: Yeah, they call in to shine shine him on. I guess they're, what, they're supposed to be a CIA Mm -hmm. anti-assassin squad, but they've figured out that they can get... They can essentially double dip. They can get their salary plus assassin fees if they just follow this guy around, wait for him to try to kill someone and
1: then kill him. Yeah. They get to collect both contracts. Right, and they have this nice existential conversation about, uh, (laughs) or philosophical conversation (laughs) about, you know, if we kill him, we're the bad guys. But if we wait for him to kill someone else, he becomes the bad guy. And And when we kill him, we're we're the the good guys. guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: That was really funny, too. I like that. Um, I don't know. What
1: else... uh, what does uh, need to I talk about I it? I just if I want to give a word of advice to Martin Q blank I would say if you're if you your your lover, your girlfriend, whatever she is at this point has just found out that you are a hitman and is extremely distraught maybe don't open your eyes so wide when you're trying to explain that you're not a psychopath. Yeah, psychopath no, they kill for no reason. <laughs>
0: right. Eyes He's become giving the size this insane of... stare.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: that was really funny, and also the kind of there's a little bit of meat that he had in their debate about, you know, some things you don't do like murdering a civilized society, and he's like, well, "What society is that?" Because that's right, certainly true to an extent. Some are more civilized than others. Yeah, but uh, you know, everybody kills for whatever reasons they determine are right. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I thought that I've been noticing a lot because Dan Harmon talks about it a lot is that a lot of this, what he calls monopoly guy humor. What the hell does that mean? So this is like in... uh, uh Shit, what is that movie? Um, Ace Ventura 2. Yep. Ace Ventura walks into a room. He spots a guy that's dressed just like the Monopoly guy. The only reason he's dressed like the Monopoly guy is because the writers want Ace Ventura to say, Oh, you must be the Monopoly guy. And everyone laughs.
1: Is it? I mean, he's at a big fancy yalla. No event? one has
0: dressed like the Monopoly guy. For a hundred years. Yes, no, no right. one is dressed with the fucking monocle and the mustache, the waxed mustache and all that shit. So sure. there's a little bit of that with the whole Sergeant Pepper get up. Like Joan Cusack wore a uh, Janet Jackson rhythm nation type th- or you know just so he could call her Sergeant Pepper. Right. Right. That's a ridiculous jacket. And I've I've uh, been noticing that a lot lately. Like there, that's like an e- easy way to make your character look like a badass and shine people on when you dress up a character in some ridiculous
1: fashion and have them observe. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you trying to be, Mister T, or something like that? I guarantee you, within ten years, Monopoly guy is going to be back in fashion. <laughs> I mean, we're halfway there with the waxing of the facial hair. Ah. And- uh, you you get a top hat back in the mix. You got the steampunk. The glasses can come back at any moment. I think that's the.
0: This is still the seventies uh, fallback, fall back. You know, like uh, this is this is a little seventies hippie remix type of thing we're gonna. Although that hmm. you know I, it's so funny to grow up and thinking that you're at the pinnacle of fashion. I've said this right, several times, right. but like this movie begs me to comment on it again. Nineties fashion
1: is really kind of the worst. It's terrible. It really I mean, is bad. It, I don't know if it's the worst, but it's up there with, like, 70s fashion. It's almost like they were dressing up, like, they
0: were trying to anticipate what they thought the fashion was going to be in Back to the Future 2. Right. And Max Headroom, and, like, we're going to split the difference, and we're going to look cool and modern and hip, and it just looks yeah. really Like these linen suits
1: and, or whatever they are. Yeah, like, and the skinny ties. Oh, it's bad. It's real bad. Like, even... So, it's not often in fashion that you see... Uh, like, business suits start to get real bad looking, right? Like, businessmen usually dress in a standard way. Yeah, because, yeah. like, the suits the black looked and, and felt blue cheap su- back then. Absolutely. They they were making them out of different fabric. They were putting shoulder pads in them. They were, yeah. like, th- suits just started to look a little too like, weird. Like, hey,
0: we've been doing wool blend suits for forever. Let's right.
1: F- let's fuck around and experiment. That's when you know your fashion has gone wrong, when your business suits look bad. Yeah. Yeah. Or start to get a little too... I guess flamboyant's the word. Yeah, like it, you always want the business suit to be like buttoned down looking. But that's the thing. Like I found that like almost any time
0: period, like you see a guy wearing a zoot suit, you're like, okay, no one would wear that today. But that I could see that looking cool. Or Don Draper, like of course Don right. Draper looks fucking it's cool. Just a classic look, sure. But yeah, you go, go to some substance and people are 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 dressed to appear cool, and it's like, oh, oh god, <laughs> oh no, it's yeah. it's a horror show.
1: When when in reality, I. That feels like a Hollywood thing to me. Like where we're going to dress these people in this what we consider to be forward-looking fashion. Whereas the people I knew, granted, I was a teenager at the time. I was
0: going to say, dude, I just went through a whole f- a box of photos of us as kids and stuff and like we looked like fucking dorks. Oh, for sure, yeah. But it yeah. but
1: it was more like, I don't know, this guy we were an dorks though.
0: So I don't know. That's that's it's hard to hard to say. Yeah uh well, anyway know. what are you saying this guy that's the thing like john it, cusack it was
1: more like a grunge look for me for for my friends yeah like but, big jeans big yeah. shirts yeah it, it wasn't about like that look oh yeah yeah yeah. that uh, kind of 90s look where you're listening to millie vanilli and <laughs> and trying to emulate their style yeah you're not looking like a paula abdul video <laughs> right uh so but that's
0: just that's just the cultural spot i was in Oh God, I can't believe we almost forgot to talk about Alan Arkin. He is the other the other big l- linchpin of the comedic parts of this movie. Absolutely. This idea of and they've this uh you know, this has kind of become a little bit of a trope. The dangerous person seeing a psychiatrist or Tony a Supremo. therapist. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, you know, uh analyze this. Mm-hmm. Uh but but he plays this to I think perfection. The fact that he's seeing this hitman, he's trying to fire the hitman, the hitman saying, Well, you know, I wouldn't kill you, but he's also kind of making subtle threats. Yeah. And just all their chemistry, and every time he calls back and leaves a message on his
1: machine and they cut to his face, it's just really, really funny. Yeah. This guy's like doing Alan Arkin. spectacular work. I think he's good. He's got a very easy way about his comedy like i believe that this guy just kind of talks like this yeah and is just a funny guy uh-huh uh whereas you know i i, I feel the same way about dan akron but i don't like his sense of humor mm. yeah no, i mean he's, he's I, I like alan arkin
0: it's pretty accessible and funny and like when john cusack is saying uh you know he's trying to tell him he's fired as a as a client, and John's like, well, you know, I know where you live. And he's like, oh, now, see, you say things like that, I get filled with anxiety. <laughs> right. And he's like, oh, you know, I didn't mean that well. You thought of it, and you said it. And now I feel like I have to be creative in a really interesting way, or you're going to blow my head off. <laughs> it's just, it's really funny, because he maintains this therapist persona the whole time as he's shitting his pants. Yeah. It's it's pretty funny.
1: Everybody in this movie is quirky, like top yes. to bottom. Joan Cusack, John Cusack, everybody,
0: all the weirdos you meet in high school, right? His high school reunion. You,
1: they're trotting out Jeremy Piven for God's sake. Of course, yeah. they're all quirky and yeah. ridiculous. That's his
0: best friend from high school. Yeah,
1: and then you got the security guard, the the his security his other guard. like friend. Yeah, remember the the guy who when Jeremy Piven's trying to sell this house, he comes rolling oh, up in his car, yeah. like acting like As he's the a cop or watch. whatever. Right. Which that's what he is. Which making
0: the people think that it's a high crime thing. Yeah, no, it's Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, I guess the least silly, the least eccentric person is Minnie Driver's dad. He's just a dude. He's just a biz- I guess? he's just yeah. a business guy mm-hmm. who is bewildered that all this stuff is happening to him.
1: Yeah. I suppose so.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, like uh that's about all I got to say about the movie. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. like I had a really good time watching it and, um, again, I appreciated it. Instead of just a cool, light, romantic comedy, I was an- analyzing it as if this is, like, a real heart of darkness story towards <laughs> the end. Because I guess you're right. It, it, what is their happily ever after? Yeah. She's accepted him as a killer. He's decided he's not going to kill anymore. What's he going to do now? I mean, dude, they, do, they, they do pretty efficiently set him his character up as... You know, his aim his amoralness, but then when he goes and visits his high school English teacher and they've got this like really efficient way of like I don't even get all the references, but I, I get him enough to know that like, oh, these are really two smart people mm-hmm. pitching
1: it really high at each other. So I guess he could do anything. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't need to do anything. I mean he gave a hundred thousand hey. dollars to to his assistant, his office manager as a severance. But I see this guy as like Jeremy Renner
0: in the Hurt Locker. Like, he's going to be walking down, you know, Target shopping with her one day, and he's just going to fucking snap. Okay. I mean, he has been, from the time he's 18, killing dudes. Yeah. And jet-setting and flying all over the world and getting paid for it, and now he's just a guy who's going to drive, run around in, in a minivan with a bunch of kids?
1: <laughs> I don't see that. I just don't see it. As long as she's driving, it's a minivan. <laughs> she's a mini driver absolutely in a minivan (laughs) oh
0: shit yeah it's another one we could have workshopped a little bit more (laughs) uh all right uh dr devito hope you like this podcast if not we got a second crack at you you're also on deck for the next one uh this one's going to be uh uh donnie darko right uh which i have never seen i saw it and not only have I never ago. seen, but the only thing I know about the movie is that it's got a scary bunny costume. Yep, that's literally the only thing I know about huh. it. Okay. And I think the only reason I know that is because there was a like I want to like say a little arcade like, like, or something like a little big planet costume. What? Or so, some? I mean, oh, it's something like that, that. It's like some kind of costume that you could wear in a video game, right? Uh, that was a scary bunny thing and I'm like what the fuck is that and Cecily's like that's Donnie Darko you've not seen Donnie Darko I'm surprised
1: you haven't there's an iconic scene don't tell me that I won't tell you about but There's a real iconic scene in there that I'm surprised you haven't seen before. Well, that's the thing; I might have seen oh, it, but okay. not
0: know it's from Donnie Darko. Right. So, like, right. The, you know, there's like, ooh, some suspense if if Aaron has seen this or not. No, it's I know super I have early seen Jake it.
1: Gyllenhaal. It might have actually been the movie that propelled him into the spotlight. I can't. I think remember. I knew it had
0: Jake Gyllenhaal because I've seen the poster of his, of yeah. his his face on it. Super young. No, I'm looking forward to that because it's. I know it's highly regarded. I know my girlfriend thinks it's like one of those types of movies that's like there's a it lot is. to talk about. Yeah, totally. Kind of like Scanner. Like, didn't we do uh, Scanner Darkly? We did. That was yeah. one of the early ones. Uh, mm-hmm. like, like, and I like weirdo shit like that. So, uh, But yeah, thanks for the uh, double commish and uh, triple commish because he also had uh, his, his daughter's favorite. Mean Girls. Yeah. Mean Girls we did. Uh, but we'll be back, uh, presumably, the next time, next week, whenever, uh, to, to give our full thoughts on that. Uh, if you'd like to find out how you can commission a podcast, it's easy. Go to baldmove.com slash shop. There's a big old film reel-looking icon. Click on that. There's a whole bunch of community commissions where you can kick in 10 bucks at a time to make a popular choice happen. Or you can just go for the brass ring, uh, uh, select a personal movie like Gross Point Blank, and uh, have us talk at length about that. And uh, we'll see you on the next time. See you. Bye.